Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico's saving stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
Good evening. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show. That is Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. I am your guest host, Rocco P. And this is last Friday nights of the month with your guest host, Rocco P. on the KRP Radio Show. Tonight I will be discussing the arrest of Julian Assange, WikiLeaks, the implications of that arrest, what is WikiLeaks, why was WikiLeaks important, and we will touch on the the Trump administration since they really are at the core of this illegal arrest of Julian Assange of WikiLeaks. Julian Assange is a hero. He's a patriot. He's an international patriot. He is committed to liberty. WikiLeaks was not just the work of Julian Assange. He was the figurehead. There were charges that were, I believe, trumped up, if not completely fabricated, that resulted in a warrant for his arrest when he was in the UK. He had fled to the embassy then of Ecuador. I believe that was well over six years ago. And then over time, Ecuador was pressured by the United States to make sure that they would release him, and then he was immediately arrested by the UK. And I'll make no mistake about it. Uh, This isn't just a matter of the UK going after Assange. It's the United States. The United States is attempting to extradite him. We shall see if that happens. It would appear that that is the case. When I say Julian Assange is an international patriot and a hero, make no mistake about the implications, well, really, the the clear effect that WikiLeaks has had. Julian Assange, uh, through his organization, through WikiLeaks, again, was not one man's efforts, though. He is the figurehead, and that is why the powers that should not be have focused on him to crush him and attempt to destroy WikiLeaks and attempt to intimidate legitimate investigative journalism. And he is a journalist of the highest class, the highest caliber. When you expose uh, state crimes, as he has done against the United States and other government, when you expose election duplicity, such as, did, such as he did with the Hillary Clinton campaign, went through exposing the DNC emails that clearly showed that uh, Bernie Sanders was uh, was cheated out of the nomination for the Democratic presidential uh, as a Democratic presidential candidate. Uh, when you see the fact that Debbie Washburn Schultz, former DNC chair, was fired as a large result of being exposed like that. When you see someone like uh, uh, Bradley Manning, who unfortunately now says he's Chelsea Manning, but he did expose crimes, clear crimes of the U.S. military. And abroad, when those things happen, uh, governments take notice. Governments have taken notice, and once again, Julian Assange is uh, is an international patriot. Uh, he is a patriot of the highest caliber. The banter, the narrative that's being uh, promulgated by the mainstream media, really you should say by the powers that should not be by the uh, Western governments and their puppet mouthpieces and the prostitute, prostitute mainstream media. The narrative that's being trumpeted against Assange is that he is a criminal, uh, he's not a journalist, and he clearly deserves hard time, and that is all a lie. Also make no mistake about the fact that there is no evidence linking Assange to Russia. Okay, there's zero evidence. And I would argue, even if there was, uh, what would the crime really be? In other words, if he obtained evidence, if he, if he some of the WikiLeaks information was leaked as the direct result of hackers in Russia or even the Russian government, what, what was the crime beyond uh, really embarrassing certain other governments, particularly the United States? The narrative, again, is being trumpeted, really regurgitated by the prostitute mainstream media that the U.S. government and really Western governments are uh, are proclaiming that against Assange is uh, is a criminal, he's a dangerous person. Uh, that is not true. He is dangerous. Uh, he's dangerous to the powers that should not be. He's dangerous to the corruption of uh, the United States government, and the U.S. military. He's dangerous. Dangerous to the corruption of uh, the U.K. government. And, uh, and their military. 
that's who Assange is dangerous to. He's not dangerous to freedom. Uh, he is he is uh, an international patriot. Uh, he's no doubt a great man uh, who's done great things. And once again, he is despised by the powers that should not be because he, is, he has exposed government corruption. It's fascinating to me, as I've covered repeatedly on this show, how the two-party system is largely concocted. When I say it's largely concocted, it's uh, completely and largely an illusion. It, it's drama to manipulate voters to keep people in check of the 50% or odd percent, roughly, that do care to vote in a U.S. presidential election. It's less and when uh, the president uh, isn't being selected or elected, how you look at it. And, of course, voting, for the most part, is the illusion of choice or the illusion of participation. When I say it's the illusion of choice, it does not matter who you vote for in most elections, particularly at the federal level, because the same policies will be enacted. When I say a two-party system is contrived, it's concocted, it's theater, it's an illusion, uh, it's completely fake. It's, it's the ultimate, uh, you talk about fake news, it's the ultimate fake reality <laughs> is the two-party system. The rhetoric, in other words, the words, the platform of the two parties will be different. The results are consistently the same. It's been like that for quite some time. And that's how they keep voters in check. Voters will consistently vote against someone, including against the party. And voting against an individual or party will never result in real change. If you are going to vote, all you can do in most elections is cast a protest vote because there's normally extremely little difference between two candidates. And I say that in particular about Donald J. Trump, the Donald. Uh, the Donald has basically stabbed his back in every main issue. You could say perhaps, perhaps with the exception of trade with China. And the long term, that's probably going to be a disaster. And I say that because historically, oftentimes trade wars are precursors or forerunners to actual hot wars, and we don't want to see that. Um, no one in their right mind should want to see a war between the United States and China. In any case, obviously, as I said before in this show, Trump has stabbed his base in the back repeatedly and emphatically. Uh, the wall has not been built, and if it is built, next corner will pay for it. The wall is a complete distraction. I've covered that in the show. We do not need, the United States government does not need to build the wall. There's not enough money to fund that wall. And again, Mexico will never pay for it. All the U.S. government has to do, as I've said repeatedly, is to pass a few federal laws. Number one, if you want to stop illegal immigration very quickly and very effectively, you don't need any police state tactics. You pass a few laws. Number one, in order to open up a bank account in the United States, you need a valid passport and a valid visa. Right now, banks open up. Uh, banks are more than willing to open up bank accounts for people that have what they call the matricula consulate card from Mexico, which does not prove that you are in the United States legally. And I would even argue that those who hold matricula consulate cards, you can't even, can't even be proven that those are Mexican citizens. But in every, any case, even though it was a Mexican citizen, does not prove at all whatsoever that the Mexican citizen is who holds a matricula consulate card in the States and uses that to open a bank account. Cannot prove, that does not prove a Mexican citizen is in the U.S. illegally. Then you pass another law. You also need a passport and a visa to wire transfer funds out of the States. Very simple. If you don't, uh, there would be an exception on like a bank account where there should be no exceptions. Uh, you basically say, okay, you can wire transfer, wire transfer funds out of the States if you don't have a valid passport and visa. However, however, if, if you're a foreign national, however, you just, you just incur a mere you know, 90% surcharge. If those two laws were passed immediately, Immediately, the illegal aliens living and working in the United States would peacefully self-deport. They go back to Mexico from whence they came. And you could also expedite, too, if you wanted to basically pass a law to shut down, I don't know, the 50 or so odd Mexican consulates that only exist to um, basically promulgate and facilitate illegal immigration by issuing, issuing the matricular consulate card. Of course, you had the first laws passed. The matriculate consulate card would become worthless, and those Mexican consulates then would probably shut down their own. But again, the United States could control that. They know where it's happening. Donald Trump is uh, uh, is a typical president, meaning he's a massive liar. Uh, he's a man who lacks personal integrity. Um, he lacks political integrity. 
Uh, he's completely owned uh, 100% by the New World Order. He's continuing the illegal wars of aggression, which we'll touch on tonight. And the, one of the most uh, disturbing things he's done recently is his Justice Department basically issued this uh, this uh, order to extradite Assange, which is incredibly immoral. And we will touch on tonight, too, how many times Trump basically praised the WikiLeaks when he was on the campaign trail. But Trump, like any other president, the candidate isn't the same when they get in the White House. Uh, Trump is uh, is a whore of the highest order. Uh, he's a high-level whore, as is anyone that would occupy the Oval Office. Uh, he's a complete and total liar. You can just see who he surrounded himself by. Uh, war criminals, Wall Street banksters, and other people completely owned by the New World Order. His policy would be no different than Hillary Clinton, though he's far more entertaining on Twitter. First video I'm going to play is from Tucker Carlson. Tucker's an interesting character. He's on Fox News. He's one of the few people with a national voice that normally deviates from the standard regurgitation of the mainstream media. So he said a lot of things, most of where I agree with, about Assange. As I already said, I completely support Assange. One disclaimer, uh, Tucker Carlson didn't want to say he supported Assange. He just wanted to point out the hypocrisy, the utter lies and hypocrisy in the mainstream media and the way they've handled the Assange story. Well, if you watch some of the coverage of this story today on television, you likely came away with the understanding that Julian Assange is some kind of Russian spy who's in trouble tonight because he stole classified documents from the U.S. government. That is not true. It's factually incorrect. Saying so is not a defense of Assange. We're not here to promote him or excuse any number of things he said over the years that we disagree with quite a lot. But just so it's clear, whatever his sins, Assange did not steal documents from the United States government. He did not hack the DNC servers. He didn't break into John Podesta's Gmail account. There is no proof that he is working for the Russian government or ever has worked for the Russian government. Assange has never been charged with any of that and wasn't today, no matter what they tell you. If you're upset about theft of classified documents from the U.S. government, and there is reason to be, we already know who did that. A 18-year-old Army private named Bradley Manning, now called Chelsea Manning. In 2013, Manning pleaded guilty to stealing secret material and got 35 years in prison for it. Shortly after that, Barack Obama commuted Manning's sentence. This allowed Manning to leave jail decades early, go back on television as a commentator, and then run for political office. So if your real concern is America's national security, you have someone to be angry at, Barack Obama. And yet, strangely, nobody is. Instead, they're furious at Julian Assange for printing the documents that other people stole. Quote, Julian Assange has long been a wicked tool with Vladimir Putin and the Russian intelligence services, wrote professional moralizer Ben Sass, who also serves in the U.S. Senate. He deserves to spend the rest of his life in prison. Wicked? The rest of his life in prison? Maybe I mean eight people had never faced this kind of scorn. Not even close. Nor, for the record, was Amin ever extradited. He died at 78 years old in his own bed, leaving behind 43 loving children. So what's going on here? A couple of things. First, Julian Assange embarrassed virtually everyone in power in Washington. He published documents that undermined the official story on the Iraq War and Afghanistan. He got Debbie Wasserman Schultz fired from the DNC. He humiliated Hillary Clinton by showing that the Democratic primaries were, in fact, rigged. Pretty much everyone in Washington has reason to hate Julian Assange. Rather than just admit that straightforwardly, he made us look like buffoons, so now we're sending him to prison. Instead, they're denouncing him as, you guessed it, a Russian agent. Watch Senator Richard Blumenthal explain. Justice should come to Julian Assange for his role in Russian meddling in our election and the sooner the better. Okay, so once again, just to be totally clear, no one has ever shown that Julian Assange is a Russian agent. The indictment against him today does not say that. It doesn't mention Russia at all. But that has not stopped virtually every politician in Washington from impeding Senator Blumenthal's line, including many Republicans. Robert Mueller nearly killed the Russia collusion hoax. Julian Assange is allowing them to keep it alive. You'd think journalists say something about this. Assange is, after all, one of them. What do you call a man who publishes news for a living? Assange is no sleazier than many journalists in Washington. He's definitely not more anti-American. He's broken stories the New York Times would have won Pulitzers for. 
and yet many of his colleagues have disowned him. Oh, please, wrote Alexia Campbell of Vox. The same Assange is no journalist. We know who he works for, meaning Russia. Julian Assange is not a journalist, explained Jelani Cobb of The New Yorker without actually explaining. Kendallanian of NBC, who doesn't so much cover the national security state as write memos on its behalf, noted that, quote, many believe that if Assange ever was a journalist, those days ended a long time ago. At NBC, when they tell you many believe something, it means they believe it. So why all the hostility to Julian Assange? Well, we'll let former Democratic staffer and current CNN anchor Jim Schuto explain. Assange's real sin was preventing Hillary Clinton from becoming president. He is central to several cases. He's central to Russian interference in the election. U.S. intelligence views him as a middleman, a cutout, uh, that he was, in effect, part of this interference. He's central, too, to, the, to questions about what the Trump administration, or Trump campaign, I should say, knew prior to the release of those materials, right? What were the communications between Roger Stone, et cetera? It's possible that this is something President Trump himself is not particularly excited about. It's remarkable to watch this. It's bewildering, actually. There was a time not so long ago, really, when reporters didn't applaud the arrest of other journalists for publishing information. In 1971, the Washington Post and the New York Times published a trove of stolen classified documents about the Vietnam War. It was called the Pentagon Papers. Remember that? Liberals loved it. Books were written celebrating their bravery. As recently as 2011, the Washington Post saw the connection. Quote, a conviction of Julian Assange would also cause collateral damage to American media freedoms, a Post op-ed said that year. Quote, it is difficult to distinguish Assange or WikiLeaks from the Washington Post, and that's true. But that was before the Trump election and the total war that followed, a war in which the media have definitively chosen a side. Press freedom? Sure, as long as we agree with your politics. The First Amendment? Well, that all depends. Who'd you vote for? The guardians of speech are now the enemies of speech. The people charged with policing power are now colluding with power. There's a reason you see John Brennan on NBC all the time. They're all on the same team now. We're not saying any of this to defend Julian Assange. We just want to be absolutely clear about who hurts this country more, and it's not him. Julian Assange. Tucker Carlson again on Fox News, doing a fairly good job. Part of the qualification I made when he said you know, he didn't want to side with Assange, he just wanted to expose the uh, hypocrisy of the mainstream media and the, uh, the government, and he particularly went after, went after the Democrats. There were some of the Republicans he mentioned too, like Ben Sass, a fake evangelical from uh, Nebraska. And I say fake evangelical, I'm not judging his faith. I'm basically saying uh, fake is insofar as no credibility as far as the Constitution and political reality, for him to say Assange should be behind bars for the rest of his life shows he's not qualified to be in the U.S. Senate, which is true basically of just about everyone else who's elected uh, when they're uh, so, so terribly ignorant. In any case, uh, Carson goes further. Uh, he's saying things again that other people in the mainstream media wouldn't say. But the reality is the reason uh, they go after Assange and Really, uh, the truth that, that Tucker Carlson may or may not realize is simply this, that the mainstream media, for all intents and purposes, is an extension of the federal government. They exist to propagate the illusion of the two-party system, where, once again, voters, those who care to vote, uh, are basically then emotionally identified with a party, uh, a platform, or or candidates, and they just emotionally react against the so-called other side. Uh, you see this with both Democrats and Republicans time after time and time again. And if that system didn't work, uh, they wouldn't keep on doing it. The other thing I'd say Tucker Carlson did not say when he went after Blumenthal, uh, yeah, neoliberal uh, scum Democrat senator from, from uh, Connecticut who tried to tie Assange with the Russians and all of this. Uh, this is by far and they quoted the CNN report, too, along these lines. They're trying to frame this as left versus right, and that's just so patently absurd and false. Case in point, if Trump felt threatened, revelations, in other words, if Trump 
didn't want Assange arrested, why would his, why would his Department of Justice then try and get him extradited, particularly after Trump again completely supported WikiLeaks when he was a candidate? So it says this, this exposes the left versus right paradigm as being completely false, totally fictitious, and a, a, a false construct designed to manipulate voters. Both of them, the Democrats hate Assange, and the Republicans in power hate Assange. The president hates Assange, and those in Congress of both parties hate Assange. The mainstream media hates Assange, whether you think they're liberal or conservative. They all hate Assange. Uh, Michael Krieger, very, very interesting writer at LibertyBlissKrieg.com, and uh, really, I appreciate Krieger for a lot of reasons. He's former Wall Street Wall Street insider to a large degree. And after he saw the banker bail out, he became disgusted. He wanted to know part of that. And that motivated him to eventually become a full-time activist. LibertyBlitzkrieg.com LibertyBlitzkrieg.com And recently, uh, Michael Krieger made uh, the decision to completely divest himself of Google. So uh, he's just totally self-supported. He's following the model of others. Uh, especially James Corbett, CorbettReport.com, no ads, uh, absolutely no ads. And he wrote a good piece. He posted this on April 15th. The arrest of Julian Assange is an attack on journalism, liberty, self-government, and civilization itself. Uh, and before I get to that piece, I just want to say, if anyone wants to get on the air to discuss this topic tonight, that number is 619-638-8559, 619-638-8559. If you do call, I will get you on the air. Going back to Krieger's piece. Krieger uh, had a few quotes in the beginning. I'll read some of it. First one was without an unfettered press, without liberty of speech, all the outward forms and structures of free institutions are a sham, a pretense to sheerest mockery. If the press is not free, if speech is not independent and untrammeled, if the mind is shackled or made impotent through fear, it makes no difference under what form of government you live, you are a subject and not a citizen. William Edgar Bora. Uh, the glimpse of Julian Assange being dragged from the Ecuadorian embassy in London is an emblem of the times. Might against right, muscle against the law, indecency against courage. Six policemen manhandle a stick journalist stone pillager. Assange arrest away from history. Going back to Krieger's piece then after those quotes. The only thing I've been able to think about for the last few days is the mugging of Julian Assange at the Ecuadorian embassy in London. This post could go in many different directions, but given all the excellent articles already written on the topic, what seems most necessary is an explanation of what this means in the big picture of freedom in the Western world and civilization in general. Assange's apprehension on April 11, 2019 and related indictment and extradition request by the United States has led to a level of concern and anger similar to how I felt during the financial crisis in Bank of Dallas a decade ago. This may, this may seem hyperbolic, and I'll skip that. Uh, terms like too big to jail emerge to describe the unconscionable practice by which the Department of Justice deemed big banks and, the, and their executives uncomfortable. The most society-destabilizing aspect of the period wasn't the financial crisis, but the response to it. And again, this is what shaped Michael Krieger's what made him a full-time activist. This is when many people, myself included, began to recognize that there's a class of people who can do whatever they want without consequence. Such people can set the global economy on fire, or as a different class of elites had done, had done earlier, had done years earlier can destroy entire countries based on fake news-inspired wars, only to end up promoted and celebrated down the road as if nothing happened. Krieger's still on some social media. He's on Twitter, and he had tweeted, whistleblowers and real journalists are imprisoned. 
while war criminals and fraud-producing bankers are celebrated, promoted, and bailed out. This is the world we live in. Americans are being taught by repeated example that there exist two main classes of people in this country, those aligned with, in one way or another, the national security state, and those who are not. If you're aligned with the interests of empire and are somewhat prominent, you will never suffer consequences for any of your actions. Now, I would qualify that as statement from Krieger. Again, it's, it's generally true, but you don't want to. It's not airtight. You don't want to oversimplify how the New World Order works. The, there's, there's different levels. There's functionaries of the New World Order, and then there's basically kind of like the high-level mob voices. I'll give you an example in our recent memory. You look at the uh, 2016 election. Trump had repeatedly said, you know, people start chanting, uh, you know, lock her up about Hillary, lock her up. And, you know, Trump had said that during the debate. You know, he, he, during at least one debate, you know, he would, he would prosecute her. Of course, not only has Hillary not been locked up, who I'd effectively call Hillary Clinton, but she's never charged and she never will be. She's, she's a made man, so to speak. She's a made person. Uh, if you compare government as, like, you know, the ultimate organized crime, in one sense. Now, there's people who are lower on the food chain, so to speak, in the New World Order, that are powerful, but the New World Order will sacrifice them. For example, you look what happened to Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, who ran Trump's campaign for a while, he was a super high-level Republican operative, super high-level. And uh, they're willing to sacrifice him to create this illusion of the Russian collusion, which didn't exist. So when Krieger says there's two main class people in the country, those who are on a line of the national security state, uh, Paul Manafort was completely and totally aligned with the national security state, but the New World Order was willing to sacrifice him to serve their interests, to keep this illusion again. You get people, again, everything is division and distraction in the two-party system. The same agenda continues unabated, and you see that with Assange. Getting back again to Krieger's article, uh, your career will flourish irrespective of how wrong you are, how many countries you destroy, how many civilians you murder, or how many lives you own with fraud and fraud and corruption. You are, for all intents and purposes, a member of the imperial royalty, and that starts completely and totally about the law. This isn't speculation or exaggeration. It's demonstrably provable reality. We're being gradually conditioned to accept a society comprised of rulers and the ruled, of masters and servants. There's no place in such a, con- a construct for self-government. You are a subject, not a citizen. Within, much, within the other much larger class of people, there exist several types. There are many people who just go along to get along, even if they know what's happening in their name and with their tax money, they don't care much for liberty and are certainly not willing to do anything to prevent its demise. And that's the vast majority of people. And that's part of the reason why our liberties rode daily. Then there's the multitude that have absolutely no idea what's going on to any reasonable degree. These people are perfect subjects and pose no concern or problem to the protected national security state class. In contrast, there's a small percentage of the population that understands how evil, secretive, and corrupt it all is, and simply cannot stay silent. These people are problematic, but the most troublesome ones, the ones who must be dealt with harshly and made an example, are those willing to risk their lives and liberty to expose the crimes of governments to the masses of people who, generally speaking, don't even seem to care. Three of the most prominent of these types, Chelsea Manning, Edward Snowden, Julian Assange. Again, I would I would deviate from him. I think Chelsea Manning uh, was a patriot, or you know, when he was Bradley Manning. Again, I don't know if uh, you know the poor, the poor gentleman was drugged out of his mind, uh, and that's why he did sex change operations. Something we'll never know. Edward Snowden was probably a CIA, uh, probably a CIA. He was with the CIA, with the NSA, I believe. Snowden was totally fake. Why do I say that? Because nothing he revealed had not already been revealed by by a man, William Banford, I believe, and William ben, Benny. Maybe it was James Banford and William Benny, your friend. Uh, plus, you look at Glenn, Glenn, 
Glenn Greenwald and how those documents are handled. Very little has been released. So, again, Snowden, I think. Snowden, that was a psyop. It was just to get you used to the fact that there is no privacy. Assange, of course, I think was real. Assange, Assange wasn't as real. Without any public debate, we're being actively conditioned and forced to accept the role as powerless service to the national security state apparatus. The American empire has a ruling class comprised of CEOs of large corporations, Wall Street, the Federal Reserve, which is the Federal Reserve, of course, a private banking, uh, privately owned banking cartel that controls the credit and uh, currency of the U.S. government. <laughs> that they're at the top of the uh, financial food chain. Uh, billionaires, the mass media, intelligence agencies, regulatory bodies, think tanks, etc. These people are on the show and are both and are above the law. Everyone else must listen and accept orders. And if you dare step out of line and expose the unconstitutional secret actions and corruption of the ruling class, you'll be hunted down like a dog and your head placed on a spike. That's why they're going after Assange so hard 10 years later. It's a message. It's a warning and a pretty explicit threat. There's no liberty or self-government going on here. There are rulers and the ruled accepted or suffer the consequences. Similar to how Alex Jones was used as the perfect villain, to condition the public to accept more rampant and subjective online social media censorship since he's such a polarizing figure. Julian Assange is being used to drag various normal practices of investigative journalism into the mud because he's also polarizing. Sadly, a huge number of resistance Democrats are cheering on his incarnation, his, incar- his incarceration mainly because they believe WikiLeaks relations about Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton and the DNC cost her the throne. A tweet from authoritarian Democratic Senate Minority, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer last week tells you all you need to know about these people. And here's up Chuck Schumer's tweet. Now that Julian Assange has been arrested, I hope he will soon be held to account for his meddling in our elections on behalf of Putin and the Russian government. And once again, as Tucker called his prune out, prune already demonstrated and stated, there is zero evidence that Assange was working directly or indirectly for the Russian government. And as I stated before, even if he was, what would that prove? The Russian government did not control any of the outcome of any election in the States. That's completely preposterous. Going back to Krieger's piece, these people are thuggish, short-sighted, and dangerous. But this comment he, by Upchuck Schumer, but this comment represents prevailing sentiment among many of our fellow subjects. I mean, citizens, and why it's what and it's why a guy like Julian Assange is being used to make the practices of investigative journalism appear criminal and dirty. In the really big picture, the Assange affair is terrifying because it's being used to further public acceptance that the unwanted masses are merely servants of ruling class masters. They exposing the crimes of our deranged elites is the only punishable offense, not the criminal acts themselves. Unfortunately, many people cheer this on because they want to avenge Hillary's loss or just rabid authoritarians who care nothing for liberty or a constitution to begin with. The reason I'm writing this post is one of the most important things I've ever written is because we can go in too many directions from here as a country. We can accept our degraded and in a role as being the subjects of a vast, corrupt, and vicious empire, or we can prioritize freedom, self-government, and civil liberties to build a halfway decent civilization. In other words, we can blindly march forward into another dark age, which I would call uh, what is happening. We're basically marching forward into a, uh, a high-tech police state, or we can create a new resistance. How this will turn out is anyone's guess. I just know we're at a crucial crossroads. You can only hope these words will inspire you to snap out of it, find a little courage, and follow your better nature. If not, we will slowly at first and then very quickly lose whatever freedoms we have left. And obviously, it's been happening for many years. We talked about the national security state. Um, I've mentioned that before. Uh, We're basically talking about how the United States, post-World War II in particular, had entered a state of perpetual war. The Department of War after World War II, became permanent, and we just called it the Department of Defense. The Joint Chiefs of Staff became permanent. 
the CIA was created as permanent, permanent uh, intelligence organization after the Office of Strategic Services, which was established during the war. So the U.S., when you look at it in a nutshell, had kept that of foreign, particularly European wars. Uh, you read Washington's farewell address, and that would be alien to the vast majority of Democrats and Republicans, and sad to say their voters would be alien, completely alien uh, to them. But then the United States was manipulated, and Woodrow Wilson was manipulated to use the United States into World War One, the war to end all wars, the war to keep the world safe for democracy. Complete lie. The U.S. then staged Pearl Harbor. That's true. That was a false flag. It happened, but the U.S. knew the U.S. wanted to happen because the American public was far more educated and sensitive to liberty and the original intent of the Constitution after being deceived by World War I. And they had absolutely, the majority of the populace had absolutely no desire to be involved in the European conflict, particularly after Edward Bernays' horrific and filthy propaganda that World War I was the war to end all wars. It didn't. The World War I was the war to keep them safe for democracy. It was not that you could fight for an ideology like the idiotic lie of the war on terror. You can't fight an ideology. It's impossible. You can't fight a tactic, as Ron Paul would say. It's, it's beyond asinine. It's absurd. It's ludicrous. In any case, the U.S. public knew that after World War One, after we were, after the U.S. public was lied to so massively. However, however, even after that happened, something, something made the U.S. public change, and that was Pearl Harbor. The United States knew Pearl Harbor was going to be attacked. They moved, they moved the, they moved new ships out. They let it happen, and then that inflamed the public, and. You know the rest of the story. The United States has not stopped fighting World War II. War has never been declared after the cessation of hostilities against the nations that were involved in World War II. Every war has been illegal since then, starting with the Korean War and then Vietnam. And now Trump continues this as the U.S. is involved in countries around the world, including Somalia. U.S. forces, yes, are there. I don't even know how many. I know all the bases that the U.S. occupied during World War II. The United States military never left. Just never left them. So we are in a state of perpetual war. This is a so-called national security state. It does not, meet, does not make the U.S. more secure. Incidentally, it makes the U.S. less secure. And as the U.S. has destroyed individual liberties abroad, ultimately that's what happens at home, and that's what we see in the United States as we lose more and more of our, of our liberties, as our civil liberties, the rights that we do have, which are not guaranteed by the Constitution. It's just mentioned in the Constitution. The Bill of Rights, again, are negative documents, makes negative affirmations, basically just says what the federal government cannot do. So if you do believe your rights are God-given, given by God, government can't take them away. Well, they are going away. They are going away. You listen to the KRP radio show, um, that stands for keeping real Pudgy Miller. I'm your guest host, Rocco P. We're going to take a break, and then we'll talk about some of the facts that WikiLeaks exposed, and as well as the Trump administration and how candidate Trump has differed once again 180 degrees from President Trump on WikiLeaks and the importance of WikiLeaks.
K-I-R-P Radio! What are some of the reasons that WikiLeaks was so hated and Julian Assange as the figurehead behind WikiLeaks? Caitlin Johnson has published a lot of good things, especially about Assange arrest and um, the all the issues surrounding that, that's at CaitlinJohnson.com, C-A-I-T-L-I-N, Johnstone, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E.com. Piece came out a few days ago. Assange imprisonment reveals even more corruption than WikiLeaks did. Once again, it's a good piece. Uh, she wrote, Consortium News has launched a new series titled The Revelations of WikiLeaks geared towards helping readers come to a full appreciation of just how much useful information the outlet has made available to the world with its publications, which is good because there's a whole lot of it. Understanding everything that WikiLeaks has done to shine light in areas that powerful people wish to keep dark makes it abundantly clear why powerful people would want to dedicate immense amounts of energy towards advertising it. What's even more interesting to me right now, though, is that if you think about it, the completely fraudulent arrest and imprisonment of Julian Assange arguably exposes more malfeasance by government and media powers than what has been revealed in all WikiLeaks publications combined since its inception. And we can use that as a weapon in waking the world up to dystopian manipulations of the powerful in the same way we can use WikiLeaks publications. Really think about it. Thanks, Thanks to WikiLeaks, we know about a military cultural environment in the Iraq war that was toxic enough to give rise to U.S. servicemen merrily gunning down civilians, including two Reuters war correspondents while whooping and exchanging verbal high fives. That footage is what was revealed by uh, Bradley Manning. We know that the CIA cultivated a massive cyber arsenal, which enables them to spy through smartphones and smart TVs, remotely hijack vehicles, and force force and forge digital fingerprints on cyber intrusions to make it look to forensic investigators as though hackers from our own nation was responsible. Sound familiar? And that they lost control of this arsenal. We know about the DNC's agenda to publicly undermine Bernie Sanders during the primary in violation of his charter. That Hillary Clinton told a group of Goldman Sachs executives that she understood the need to have a public position and a private position and that Obama's cabinet was basically selected for him by a city corp executive. We know that, and a whole lot more, information which mainstream and alternative media reports use to this very day in constructing analyses of what's going on in the world. That was great uh, selective uh, sampling of how many important stories WikiLeaks and WikiLeaks alone has exposed. Another thing that's been great about WikiLeaks is that uh, this goes to, uh, this was posted on Twitter. There was a nice little, uh, really like, uh, I guess it's like an info meme about uh, WikiLeaks top 10 publications. And this talks about 2007, 2011. The Guantanamo Files, remember that? The United States operates on what I would say is an illegal military prison in Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. Obviously, Cuba doesn't like the fact the U.S. has the base there, but they do that to keep it off U.S. soil so they could do things that wouldn't be legal in the United States. Uh, but it talks about how WikiLeaks in 2010-2011 exposed the Guantanamo or Gitmo files, and that exposed systematic and routine violation of the Geneva Conventions and abuse of nearly 800 prisoners as young as 14 years old and as old as 89 at Guantanamo Bay. Files revealed the U.S. knowingly imprisoned more than 150 innocent men for years without charge. Among the prisoners were an 89-year-old Afghan villager with dementia and a 14-year-old boy who had been kidnapped. The U.S. relied heavily on dubious information obtained from a small number of detainees under torture. And uh, if you don't know yet, information that's uh, obtained under torture normally is worthless because most people will say anything. Uh, you probably get a lot of people to admit them to torture today if they assassinated Abraham Lincoln to get the torture stuff. Intelligence agencies from China, Uzbekistan, 
Libya, and other regimes with well-documented torture practices were invited to, invited to interrogate inmates. And a lot of the way this was done uh, under the guise of U.S. law is those inactive, you know, U.S. active, those actively serving the U.S. military, or would then step aside, and then they have either CIA contractors or these clowns from China, Uzbekistan, Libya, and other regimes. They would do the torture. So then those in the active military would say, we, we didn't know. We didn't torture anyone. Of course, they permitted it, uh, encouraged it, facilitated it, and directed it. Personnel required to have excellent public relations skills. This is to spin. Hunger strike. Hunger strikes were called VTS, volunteer, voluntary, total, voluntary total fasting. Attempted suicide requiring someone to be cut down is self-harm. Camp Delta Standard Operating Procedure Manual shows non-compliance with the Geneva Conventions. Uh, these are some of the things that WikiLeaks exposed. And once again, make no mistake about it. Those in power, okay, the duopoly system, the fake left, the fake right, okay, they had the same agenda. They hate Julian Assange. This is not driven by Democrats. It's not driven by the so-called liberal media. This is driven by Western governments, including the United States. Both both parties hate Julian Assange because he's embarrassed them, and they do want to crush dissent. And if they can, if they can effectively, if they do extradite Assange and have a show trial, if they do that and then put him away, they'll use this, obviously, to intimidate others that, would be, that might be so inclined people that would get their hands on legitimately leaked documents, people are going to be far more hesitant, hesitant to do that if Assange goes away for a very long time. I've mentioned uh, how Donald J. Trump has handled WikiLeaks. First, uh, we'll go with a recent what he recently said after Assange was arrested. This is uh, classic, classic Donald J. Trump. Uh, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. And uh, I know there is something having to do with uh, Julian Assange. I've, I've been seeing what's happened with uh, Assange, and uh, that will be a determination, I would imagine, mostly by the Attorney General. He's doing an excellent job, so he'll be making a uh, determination. I know nothing really about him. It's not my, it's not my deal in life. I don't, I don't really have any opinion. I know the Attorney General... Uh, will be involved in that, and he'll make a decision, okay? So, President Donald J. Trump says he knows nothing about WikiLeaks. Fascinating. Let's go back to the campaign trail. The video I'm about to play goes just under three minutes, and it mentions how within the last, I believe, which has spanned about a month or two, uh, on the campaign trail, Trump mentioned WikiLeaks 141 times. 141 times. Uh, it is. Uh, it is amazing. It is amazing. Let's see. Maybe this is MSNBC. They're uh, they're pretty much all the same. But this video is just under three minutes. This is Trump again on the campaign trail. All right, I want to take you back to the 2016 campaign that we were just talking about. Donald Trump referenced WikiLeaks some 141 times just in his final month of campaign. Here's every one of them. WikiLeaks. 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 That came out on WikiLeaks. 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 Boy, I love reading those WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks, right? WikiLeaks. 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 That's WikiLeaks. Did you see what WikiLeaks? WikiLeaks. 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 And WikiLeaks. 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 So it came out through WikiLeaks. 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 WikiLeaks is fascinating. The WikiLeaks. Revelation. WikiLeaks. 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 WikiL
WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, 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 WikiLeaks. Now from WikiLeaks. Did you see what came out over WikiLeaks? WikiLeaks, 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 WikiLeaks. Now from WikiLeaks. Oh, we love WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks. We've learned so much from WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, 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 WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, 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 WikiLeaks just came out with lots of really unbelievable things. WikiLeaks, 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 again, nobody's covering WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, released by WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, the WikiLeaks document, WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks just came out today, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks emails. WikiLeaks, 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 right? WikiLeaks, 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 uh, if, uh, if, if you think I'm being uh, particularly harsh on Donald J. Trump, uh, remember, he lied. Uh, he's lied massively. The latest one is, I guess, perhaps, it, it'd be hard to say, the most hilarious lie, not hilarious to Assange, but to see the utter absurdity on April 11th when Assange was arrested for Trump to say he knows virtually nothing about WikiLeaks. Is just a massive liar. When I say the two-party system uh, is rigged, and when I say there's, there's virtually no difference between regards to who gets in power, there's none. I'm going to share a few more facts with you tonight before we close the show. This is from Chuck Baldwin's latest piece, America's Wars Are Way Up, Church Attendance Is Way Down. I'm not going to get into his angle on church attendance and his theory as far as how that's linked to support for a perpetual war. When I talk about the presidency, presidents basically following the same agenda, uh, what happens, this is the difference, regardless of Republican or Democrat, regardless of who's in power, the federal government becomes more powerful, particularly the office of the president, and the illegal wars become more numerous. That's what happens, regardless of party affiliation. Uh, here we go from Chuck Baldwin's latest piece. You see at ChuckBaldwin.com. Trump has dropped more bombs and missiles on Middle Eastern countries in a comparable period of time than any modern U.S. president. Presidents Bush, Obama, and now Trump have dropped nearly 200,000 bombs and missiles on Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, Pakistan, Yemen, and Somalia. Trump's rate of bombing eclipses both Bush and Obama, and Trump is on pace to drop over 100 uh, 100,000, to be precise, bombs and missiles on Middle Eastern countries during his first term of office, which would equal the number of bombs and missiles dropped by Obama during his entire eight-year presidency. The United States government, uh, under the Trump administration, reportedly drops a bomb every 12 minutes, which means that 121 bombs are dropped in a day and 44,000 96 bombs per year. Okay. So I guess that last number is probably, he's probably saying Trump's on a pace to drop 100, let's see, 100 million, not on not 100,000. i got to look at those zeros. The Pentagon's data show that during George W. Bush's eight years, he averaged 24 bombs dropped per day. That is 8,750 per year. Over the course of Obama's time in office, his military dropped 34 bombs per day, 12,500 per year. This shows that even though American presidents are all war criminals, Trump is the most vicious of them all. Yes, Trump is dropping almost four times more bombs than Barack Obama and over five times more bombs than George W. Bush, which include military invasions of two countries. We also know that Trump expanded America's wars in Afghanistan and Syria, and now he's not bringing U.S. troops home from Syria, and is ramping up America's war machine against Venezuela, Iran, China, and Russia. And this does not even take, take into account the way Trump has given Benjamin Netanyahu's 
raunchy racist regime the green light to expand its wars against the Palestinians, Lebanon, Syria, and Iran, or the U.S.-Israeli proxy war, Saudi Arabia taking the lead in Yemen. And then Deadshot Bolton goes, goes on to say just exactly what's going on in Somalia now, which is uh, you know, quite, quite depressing. In any case, uh, I think you get the point. Regardless of who's in power, the same agenda continues. Part of that involves this idea of perpetual war. Okay, we're in a warfare, welfare state tonight. I've talked about the warfare aspect of it. Trump is a colossal, massive liar. He's the prevaricator in chief. Uh, as far as his morality, he's no different than his predecessors. Yeah, albeit you know the fact that he's a prudent adulterer. That never came out with George W. Uh, George W. Though there's uh, <laughs> there's more circumstantial evidence he was bisexual. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, and of course, the same could be said said, said about Obama. Uh, really, more than circumstantial evidence, Obama was bisexual. So it's, uh, I don't want to park on you know the moral degeneracy of people in the White House, but the fact is. The power, the power structure that exists is not controlled by the people. It has not been controlled by the people. I said before, and I'll say again, voting gives the illusion or the, part, the illusion of participation or the illusion of choice. What choice is there when you will vote for the same agenda regardless of the party affiliation? The difference, again, between Trump and Hillary being in the White House is that he's far more entertaining. Yeah, he's a media whore. He loves the spotlight. And yeah, he's... Yeah, he's just absolutely hilarious on Twitter. But the policy is the same. The policy continues to destroy our civil liberties, continues to debase and degrade people abroad. Civilians continue to get killed in these illegal foreign wars of aggression. Once again, war has not been declared. According to Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11, U.S. Constitution, war would have to be declared by Congress. That's not happened since war is declared against the nations the U.S. were involved with in World War II. The arrest of Julian Assange is uh, is a massive crime. It's a massive crime. It's a law. It's uh, immoral. Uh, it's illegal. It's supported by the two-party system. It's being facilitated by the Trump administration, and it is designed to further facilitate and quash what's left of our facilities. It's designed to intimidate anyone that might get their hands on legitimate investigative journalistic documents from any source that would expose legitimate corruption. The mainstream media is regurgitating the same narrative as the federal government because, in all honesty, the mainstream media is essentially an extension of the federal government. It helps propagate the two-party system and in lockstep. They all hate Julian Assange and they hate WikiLeaks. They hate what he represents. They don't want true corruption being exposed. They want other people that would tend to do that to be uh, basically eviscerated, uh, to be intimidated, to remain silent. You've been listening to the KRP radio show last right nice and month with your guest host Rocco P. Once again, I would like to thank Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to use his platform. I will hopefully be back next month, the last Friday night of May, which will be May 31st. Next month, the last Friday night of the month, is also the last night of the month. That'll be May 31st. Thank you for listening to KRP Radio Show. Uh, Have a great night. KRP Radio!